Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey guys, we're to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's kind of a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can, as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, you guys can find the podcast on YouTube and anywhere you can get your podcast. We're just, just so thankful you guys are here. Um, and that you guys have found the podcast today. All right, so I'm ex- I'm so excited. I know I say this for every single one, but I love studying for these and just thinking about them. I'm really excited uh, to talk about what we're going to talk about today in our podcast. Um, so this is how I want to intro this. There was a I was on the way home yesterday, and um, I had my Spotify playlist going. So you know how sometimes you'll hear maybe a clip of a song, or you'll hear maybe the chorus or maybe a verse of a song and you'll just add it to your playlist without listening to the whole thing. You're like, ah, that might be good. That might be good. So I have like, I don't know how many songs on, on a certain playlist. So I was just kind of scrolling through it, scrolling through it um, as I was driving. And one song came on and the chorus, the chorus hit. And I was like, Ooh, 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 what is this? What is this? I know a song is on my playlist for a reason. I might not, you know, remember the song, but it's on there for a reason. So I was like, what song is this? So, I mean, the the chorus was great. So here's how the chorus goes. I had to walk through fire just to feel the breeze. I had to suffer through winter just to feel the heat. Then I sat down with all my demons. Each one taught me the same lesson. Keep moving forward no matter what direction. Just keep moving forward. I was like, who is this? <laughs> I had to I had to add that on the playlist again. I had to save it. But I was like, man, I got a pot. I got a pot on that. That's that's so good. So since that's fresh, this is what we're podcasting on. And so I just just think about that for a moment, just before we kind of get into our topic, is I had to walk through fire. Fire is just this immense mound of heat, immense mound of trouble, immense mound of issues of problems of difficulties i had to walk through all of that stuff you had to walk through all of that stuff just to feel a little bit of breeze think about the comparison level there then i had to walk through winter drought everything is dead everything that was once alive and living and beautiful is cut off now it's dead now it's not the same now uh, it, it looks different now. I don't know what the future holds now. I I walk through all of that. You walk through all of that just to feel a little bit of heat. You see the extremes on both sides? And doesn't it feel like that sometimes, guys, as, as we're starting this conversation and, and just talking today on the podcast? Doesn't it feel like sometimes, man, the things that you face, the things that the Lord has allowed you to overcome, not saying you would want to go through it again, but it was so hard. It was so difficult. At one point, maybe it was so hot. At one point, maybe it was so dry. It was it was so cold and so barren and so bitter. And you get through that big thing, big things just piled up, and you get through those things just to feel just a little bit of relief, just a little bit. You're just like, man, why can't the relief be as big as the problem? 
You guys ever think, you know, about things like that? And that's why this this song kind of um, made me think about things. And I just, as I listened to it more, and I listened to it even this morning, I was like, man, this is going. I hope this helps somebody today because somebody might be in that in that state where, man, I'm I'm doing all of this just for a little bit of relief, and and those hours those hours through the fire that you might be facing right now as you're listening, the hours of that winter where it's just so cold and barren and everything around you seems to be crumbling or dying or not even, there's no progress. You know, it's kind of like Groundhog Day, right? You may be in that position. And what I like to call that is the dark hours. And so that's our podcast title for today is Surviving the Dark Hours surviving the dark hours. And so all of us have been there. You know, if you're not in one right now, you're getting ready to head to one or you're getting out of one. Regardless of of where you are, you you've come in contact with these dark hours. And these dark hours it, it's a it's a feeling of um it, it's almost like this giant cover and it just kind of wraps around you. And the more you kind of think about it, the more you kind of think about how hopeless it looks, the more you think about how difficult it looks. It's like that that giant towel or that giant cover that's over you. It just gets tighter and tighter and it just consumes you and it consumes your thoughts. Um, and, and, and it affects how you move. It affects how you treat people. Um, it affects how you walk. And you might be in that position. And sometimes, sometimes that's not a... That's not an everyday thing for some people. Sometimes you just have a day where you're just like, man, I'm not feeling it today. Like, that's just, that's what it feels like today. And sometimes things might not necessarily be going bad for you. But you just have that day where just like, where did that come from? It's just, it's just here. And I don't want to feel this. Learning to survive the dark hours. I saw this today and I just thought, this could help somebody today, and, and this is helping me, and I, and I hope this can help you as we kind of look through some things in the podcast, um, but I want to look at Psalm 13. So what we're going to do, we're, we're going to look at Psalm 13, but Psalm 13 is actually, it references so much from 1 Samuel, I believe it's chapter 12, I want to make sure, no, 1 Samuel 21, and so we're going to kind of hop back and forth, so if you're listening you know, if you're doing whatever, walking, working out in the car, go back and check this out. But if you have a tablet or Bible in front of you, we're going to hop back from 1 Samuel 21 and a little bit of 22 and then go into Psalm chapter 13, because this is where Psalm 13 actually comes from. He's expressing his feeling because of what's happening in 1 Samuel 21 and 22. All right, so let's get started. Surviving the dark hours. So let's just read the psalm and let's see where David's mindset is at. And then we'll see why it's there. Verse 1. How long, Lord, will you forget me? Forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will I take counsel even in my own soul, having sorrow in my heart every single day? How long will my enemies be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten or lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed against him, and those that trouble me rejoice when I'm moved. But I've trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. 
I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Where is this coming from? The dark hours. So going to to 1 Samuel 21, David, now we understand the story of David, he deceives Abimelech, and he deceives Abimelech about the showbread. And after he deceives Abimelech, then Abimelech is there, and just before David leaves, there's one. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. One small conversation that we sometimes miss. We focus on David and the showbread, but we forget what happened after that. So in verse 8, Abimelech, now David's on the run. So he needs something. Obviously, he's looking for food, but he also needs weapons. So look at what he says in, in verse 8. And David said to Ahimelech, is there not under thy hand a spear or a sword? Can I have something, a spear or a sword? You have something here. I don't have anything with me, he says. Now, watch verse for us, verse 8. And the priest said, the sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom you slew in the valley of Elah, behold, it is here wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. Keep that in mind. It's in a cloth behind the ephod. If you will take that, take it. There is no other like that here. And David said, there is none like that. Give it to me. Okay. So now, then David, David arose, verse 10, he went to Saul, or for fear of Saul, he went to Achish, the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said, verse 11, is this not David the king? And David laid up these words in his heart, and he was afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. So remember, he just killed David, or he killed Goliath and all of his brothers. Now he now he's in Gath, and he's afraid of what Achish, the king, is going to do. So then David, verse 23, or verse 13, he changes his behavior before them, and he fiends himself mad like he was insane before them. And he scratched on the doors of the gate, and he let his the spittle or his spit fall down on his beard. I got to act insane. I got to act insane. That's the only way out of here. That's the only way out of this situation. And so now Psalm 13, now that we have a little bit of background, now Psalm 13 is his mindset when he's going through all that. He's on the run. He needs weapons. He's in front of Achish the king. He doesn't know what that king's going to do, and he's running from Saul. All this stuff is happening. He's in fire, and he's also in winter, just like we talked about before in our intro. So surviving the dark hours. So here's the question. Why? Why are the dark hours so dark? Why, why are they so dark? Because look at the first one here from Psalm 13. The reason why the dark hours in your life right now and in my life are so dark, because this is the only time that God is priority. Notice, notice the phrasing. This is the only time that God is priority in the dark hours. I heard an example, guys, of a... Um, of a, of a pilot and this pilot was on the plane and this, this man had gone on this plane for, I don't know how many times 
you know, he'd been there. He'd gone from meeting to meeting, conference to conference. He just always felt comfortable on this plane. And so this was maybe the thousandth time he's been on that plane. And every other time, he's always felt comfortable, always felt safe. Things went rather smoothly. Nothing ever went too crazy for him on that plane. And he never really thought about the pilot. I know him, but, you know, he's not really my priority right now. I mean, I know he exists. I appreciate what he's doing, but I'm not acknowledging him. I, I don't really think about him. I've never thought about him on all these rides. I mean, what's there to think? Things are somewhat smooth. And technically, in this moment right now, I technically don't really need him. So I, it's not like I don't appreciate the pilot, but right now, in this moment while I'm on the plane, the pilot's not my priority. He's just not. But then one time he got on that same plane, and the plane went through turbulence. The plane went through, uh, you know, there was a storm. There was all these things happening. And now guess who that man can't stop thinking about now? What's the pilot going to do? What's he going to say? What, what do we need to do? What is he going to tell us to do? How long are we going to be in this? How come we got to be in this? What are you doing? Do you know what you're doing? Do you know where we're going? Do you know how long this storm's going to last? Now who's his priority? Now the pilot is. You see, David here, how did he start Psalm 13? How long will you forget me, O Lord, forever? How long will you hide your face? How long? Now now who's his priority? Well, David was a man after God's own heart, so we can't really say that God wasn't priority in 1 Samuel 21 and 22. Here's how we know. Go back to the text. Remember the thing that I told you to remember as we kept reading that? Look at what David said. I don't have any sword. I don't have any spear. I just deceived you to get this showbread, so I need a weapon. Then Ahimelech, look at what he says, verse 9. The sword of Goliath, the Philistine. Now, what did David do with that sword? Remember what he did with Goliath as a boy? What did he do to David's head? He cut it off with that sword. Now, keep that in mind, too. Remember Goliath, whom you slew in, in, in the Valley of Elah? Behold, that same sword that gave you the that gave you the power and you cut his head off and all this stuff with that sword, it's wrapped in a cloth, but notice what he said about it. It's behind the ephod. There's some imagery here. If you don't know what an ephod is, an ephod is a, a vest plate or a breastplate um, that, the, that the priest would wear. So I, you know, I don't mean to sound uh, blasphemous when I say this, but just so you can get an image, you know, if you've ever had like a vest on or you've ever played laser tag and you've got that heavy vest on where you shoot in the middle and it's hard, it, it, it's something that they had to wear and it was so intricate and it was beautiful and there were things on that. But here's what's so beautiful about that ephod. The ephod is what the priest would use to talk to God, divine communication. How do we know that? So remember when David, when David was, uh, when the city of Ziklag was burned down, and his wives and his children, and well, all his wives were taken, and the men's wives were taken, and then David goes to the priest, and the priest and David go to the ephod to talk to God. God, what should I do? So that was an avenue of what they would use to talk to God. 
through the priest. But now notice what David chose. What's behind that ephod? The sword. No, I want that. And notice what David said. Ahimelech said this, there is no other sword except for that one here. There's nothing else. So those are your only two choices. You can get the sword of, of Goliath or there's the ephod. And what did David say? And David said, there is none like that. I want the sword. Look at what he's saying. There's nothing like that one. Forget communication with God that we could do right now. I want that. I want the sword. There is none like that. You know, right, the reason why your hours and my hours may be dark is because this is the only time in the fire and in the winter where God is actually your priority. Now you want to pray to him. Now we want to talk to him. Now we're concerned about his path. Now we're concerned about the way that he's going. Now we're concerned about where he's leading. Now we're concerned about why. But where's the thanksgiving, the praise, the honor, the, the glory, the singing, the prayer, the humility, the meekness? Where's that during the smooth times? Oh, no, I'll just take my sword. That's better during the smooth times. I'll take my sword. I'll only take the ephod when I need it. But if I have to make a choice, I'll choose the sword. You see why the dark hours are so dark? It's because where God is not, there's always darkness. And so David is experiencing that darkness without God in Psalm 13. And most likely, in some way, you may be experiencing that darkness because God is, has not been your priority. Look, look at the questions, guys, the same questions that you are probably asking yourself right now in some way. How long? How long are you going to forget me? Did God forget him or did David forget God? Did God forget you put your name there or did you forget God? You see how sometimes in order to get the answer, sometimes we have to address the problem. The problem was not God. The problem was not any, the problem was David. The problem's me. Could it be possible the problem's you? How long? How long are you going to forget me? Forever? Are you going to hide your face from me? Was God hiding his face from David at that time? What did David have access to? He had access to the ephod and a priest was right there. No, I want the sword. There's nothing like that. Give me the sword. Verse 2, how long will I take counsel? So as, as we keep kind of walking through and pulling this out, guys, it's just it's, a, it's an amazing thing to see how sometimes we'll be exactly where David is. And how many times have you personally asked yourself that question lately? How long? Am I forgotten? Is something messed up? Did I do something wrong? Am I not? Are you not? Are they not? But then not only during the dark hours, the reason why it's so dark is because this is the only time God is our priority. But then, too, sometimes the dark, the dark hours are dark because talking to myself gets me nowhere. Talking to yourself gets you nowhere. 
You ever have those conversations with yourself in prayer? Man, what, what, I just can't find, I just can't see, I just don't know, I don't understand. Look at what, look at David's language in verse two. How long, again, there's a question, how long will I take counsel where, but notice, where does David say he's getting his own counsel? How long will I take counsel in my soul? You see, when David chose the sword rather than the ephod, that's one of the moments where David said, what David knows is best. And sometimes the, the reason why you may be in winter, the reason why you may be in fire is because at some point in time, you had a choice to choose between something godly or something you wanted in the moment. I want the sword. And the sword can personify anything. The sword can personify a job. The sword can personify a person. The sword can personify money. The sword can personify your pride. The sword can personify your ego. I want that because there's nothing like that right now. There's nothing like that. But I guarantee that just like David, there was probably another choice that you could have made. There's another choice I could have made. I don't want the ephod. I want the sword. How long will I take counsel in my own soul? And you ever have those conversations with yourself over and over and over? And the reason why those conversations with yourself over and over and over never work is because we never have the answer. And David was taking counsel within himself. How long am I going to have to keep taking counsel in my own soul? Then he says this, the end of verse two, and then have sorrow in my heart every single day. So you know why some of us may have sorrow in our hearts every single day? And it may not be all day. It may be you're so busy throughout the day that only at night this is when this sorrow hits. Or it may be when you're in a certain place, this is where this sorrow hits. Regardless of where it hits for you, it's going to hit somewhere. But why is that sorrow constantly hitting? Why is that sorrow constantly hitting? Because who are we ultimately taking counsel in? God, I'm praying to you. I'm talking to you. I'm reading. I'm studying. I'm praying to you every night. I'm, I'm, I'm pouring out my heart to you. But seemingly, you're so quiet. Seemingly, you have done nothing. Seemingly, there's, there's nothing. So because seemingly that's how it seems, I'm going to lay this ephod down, and I'm going to pick up my sword, and I'm going to make something happen. That's where the sorrow comes from. When we pick up our swords and we lay down the ephod. Man, it's just, that's where, and, and the more I think about it, just sitting here talking here with you guys, it's not God. Does God allow things? Yes, he allowed those things in the life of Job. He allowed those things in the life of Joseph because he had a plan and he may be doing that with you. So everybody's different. But at times, guys, we have to look at ourselves and maybe it's not God allowing something to happen. It could be, but maybe the darkness that's here, maybe it's because I created it. Maybe, maybe my darkness is here because I created it 
by picking up a sword rather than the ephod. Hmm. It's so interesting, guys. It's just something to think about. Verse 3 of Psalm 13. Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say, verse 4, I have prevailed against him. So why are the dark hours so dark? Well, the dark hours is the only time that I think about God. He's my only priority during this time. Two, the dark hours are so dark because talking to myself gets me nowhere. Because the counsel does not come from me. Counsel comes from God. And then three, the reason why the dark hours are so dark is because what others think, do, or don't do disturb peace. What others think, do, or don't do disturbs peace. Look at what David said. Verse 4, lest my enemy say, I have prevailed against him, and those that trouble me, they rejoice when I am moved. Isn't it interesting how during this time, David's concern was not about him in verse 4, but about what everybody else was thinking? You know, because of decisions that that others do or don't do or how they think, sometimes you can drive yourself down such a dark hole because what you want people to do in your head and try to put it in their head and then it doesn't work or it doesn't pan out the way that you think it should work, then you're going to drive yourself crazy. And then that ups the standards that you put on other people and that's not fair for them. So you see how... All this darkness, we just create this and we put all this stuff in this pot just because we lay down the ephod and we pick up the sword. But here's the beautiful thing about David. And here's the beautiful thing about you. You know that sword that you're carrying? You know, the thing about a sword is if you've held one, it's kind of (laughs) cool to be honest with you. It is kind of cool to wield a sword. But back then, if you're wielding a sword for battle and you carry that sword for too long, the sword itself, I mean, forget the things that have happened outside of the sword, but the sword itself becomes heavy when you're heavy. So you got a heavy thing, a heavy person, a heavy hearted person, uh, a a hurt person, a, a bitter person, a tired person. A person that's just done, who is heavy, carrying a sword that's heavy. Because now I don't have the strength to wield what I picked up. So now we're tired. And that might be you right now. And all of us have been there. I've been there. There, it's That's a feeling. That's a fire in a winter feeling. That's just a, I don't want to carry this anymore. I'm tired. Because at one point, you may have carried that sword in vengeance. You may have carried that sword in ego. You may have carried that sword in pride. You may have carried that sword just to prove a point or to prove somebody else wrong. 
But then when you realize how heavy that sword actually is, I don't want nothing to do with this. I don't want nothing to do with this anymore. You, that might be you. David had the opportunity. David laid the sword down, and then he picked up the ephod, which is so cool. It, it's so cool to see David. Um, you know, he he made that switch from the ephod to the sword. And I want you to see this because this is such a uh, it's such an awesome thing to, to see David, you know, change his mindset. I want to look that up. So I'm on my computer right now. So I'm on Accordance, which is a great program, by the way, if you don't have that. Uh, I've been sharing that program. We learned that in school. But I want to look up this verse because I want you to see um, how important it is. And I want you to see how David, when he when he picked up that ephod, you could tell that he picked it up now because, man, I put this down before. And I don't want to do that again. First Samuel 30, that's what it is. I was right there. So remember, all this happened that we looked at in 1 Samuel, or in Psalm 13, we looked at 1 Samuel 21 and 22. Now remember, David picked up that sword, but then he put the sword down just like you should and just like I should, and then he picked up the ephod. Well, how do we know that? He's in a similar situation in 1 Samuel 30. He's off the battle, comes back with the men. He sees fire and smoke fire there it is again right fire and smoke and he's coming up to the city and when he sees the city he see he sees the home base where they were burned down and all the women and children and his wives gone and now everybody turns on david just like saul turned on him david has nobody just like he had nobody before so now david has the same exact choice that he made in first samuel 20 21 and 22. Do I pick up the sword or do I pick up the ephod first? Look at what he does. First Samuel 30. Uh, verse, verse six. And David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. You see, David wasn't the only one heavy. <laughs> now everybody else is heavy. Every man for his sons and his daughters, then David encouraged himself. But notice what he said. Did he say David took counsel in himself? Did he say David encouraged himself in David? He says David encouraged himself in the Lord. Uh, he learned. But now look at what else happens. And David said to Abathar the priest, who was whose son? Ahimelech, and who was the priest that David talked to in 21 and 22? Ahimelech. It's all coming full circle. David said to Abathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray, bring me hither the what? The ephod. David didn't say, bring me the sword so I can just kill everybody. He said, no, we're not doing that again. I did that with your father. Bring me the ephod. And Abathar brought the ephod to David. And David inquired of God. Should I go take this troop? Should I go to battle? Should I pick up the sword? And he said, go. You will overtake them 
and you will without fail recover everything. Look at the difference. Look at the difference, guys. Sometimes it's so easy in our lives with ourselves, with other people that we're that you see and that you're involved with and that you know. I got to pick up the sword. That rage that the sword brings, the feeling of uh, control and pride and ego and and using this sword to my advantage and this sword yields to my will. It feels good for a while. It actually does. It, it it does give you, it feels like there's a certain level of power that you have and it feels, it feels pretty great. It does feel good. But David realized that sword only leads to fear. Because when David met that king, he had the sword, didn't he? But he was still scared. Now David said, I can't do it anymore. When I'm in my dark hour, I'm not going to go to the sword first. I'm going to go to the ephod. And I'm going to ask the Lord what to do. So guys, you might be in a place in your life where you may be wielding the sword. Lay that sword down. Pick up that ephod and pray to the Lord. Well, the Lord's not answering. I, I don't have anything clear. I don't have any clear clear way or clear path or clear answer or, or clear whatever that I need cleared so that I could keep going. Like So I am praying. I do have the ephod, but nothing's happening when I pick up that ephod. When did God say something was supposed to happen? Here's the thing. He didn't. And I think sometimes what we can do, we can use the ephod in the wrong manner. The Lord doesn't want us to use the ephod to talk with him just so we can get something out of him. He wants us to use the ephod to rely on him. And if, the, if God gives me something, if God gives you something out of that ephod, glory be to him. Blessed be his name. If he takes something with that ephod, glory be to him. Blessed be his name. But whether God gives with the ephod or takes away with the ephod, I just need to be dependent on him. That's, that's your answer. Your answer is not in what he could give you, who he could change, what he could take away, what he could give, what he can bring. How he can provide, that's not the answer, but that's what we're looking for. Maybe the answer is just the ephod itself, just the prayer itself. Maybe that's the answer. And maybe that's why your hour is so dark by doing the right thing is because you're expecting something that's not supposed to happen. Give it to the Lord and let him do his work. And David got it. David survived the dark hour. You can survive the dark hours. I can survive the dark hours. Is it going to be easy? I wish I could tell you it would be, and it's, it's not. It is not. But keep picking up that ephod. Keep going to him in prayer. Don't come to him in, in an in a, uh, expected manner to get something or to be something or to receive something or to whatever it is, or to change something, don't come to him with that attitude. Come to him just in ultimate 
humble dependence. And if he gives the answer, even though at times it's hard to believe, when he gives the answer, the Lord in his mercy, if you seek him, you will find what you need. You will find the answer. He will let you see it. Because our God wouldn't hide it. He will let you see it, but just keep asking. Just keep coming to him in humility. Keep serving him. Keep doing the right things. And look to him. And I know it's hard because when you look to him, you expect something good from him because he's the father of lights and good things come down from the father of lights. And he says that if you ask and he will he will give and you expect something good from him. And you've seen the good that he can give others. You've seen that. And you kind of want that for you and you expect that for you. And you, you want that to have God's not a respecter of persons, right? And all that's true. But still come into conversations in the dark hours with God with nothing else in mind but God. I know I could do a better job of that, and I'm sure you can do a better job of that too. And I know both of us can. Surviving the dark hours. Man, this is just, you told, you, I, I told y'all, <laughs> this is one of the ones I was so excited to do it. I love these. I, I love these. I love I love talking with this. And this is just to help each other, to help the person that's just going through that. It's just, it's an amazing thing. And if you're dealing with that, reach out. I've had people DM on Instagram, on Facebook, reach out. I'm just thankful for your encouragement. If you've reached out and encouraged, if you just want to pray, if you just want to talk through Instagram or, or, or whatever it is, Facebook, whatever it is, just we have a family atmosphere here at when the scriptures become real and just we want you to feel comfortable coming into this. So um, if I don't know you, I want to get to know you. If I know you, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk too. So I appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Um, I don't want to say this for a definite, but I, I really hope I have a, a good friend of mine on next week. I'm hoping Monday or Tuesday. So be looking out for that, and I'll put that up there if if uh, my friend's able to come on. So I'm really excited about that. And Lord willing, uh, we will see you guys next week. Thanks, guys.